tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome back, Clone Club! To another Orphan Black After Buzz After Show. It is episode two of season three, Transitory Sacrifices of Crisis. <laughs> oh my you goodness. You have to love these Orphan Black names. They have the most complicated episode yeah. titles of any show. I, um, well, I'll get to that in a second. First, what I'll do is I will introduce back this week with us. Mr. Matt Lieberman. Thank you for having me back, man. And joining the panel this year, very excited, joining Clone Club, Megan Salinas. Hi, guys. Thanks for letting me in the club. So excited. There's always room for more people in Clone Club. Exactly. And, <laughs> and next week, we hope to have yet another person yeah. with us. So it should be good. We should have the whole panel back. But first, the, the, the brand new episode, Transitory Sacrifice of Crisis, I looked into it, and apparently so far, the first two episode titles this season are taken from Eisenhower's Farewell Address. That's where they're getting the lines. And that's the one where he talks about the military-industrial complex and stuff like that. And this does seem to be the most military-oriented season so far, so... Well, that's the new the new element is the military, yeah. um, and uh, I think it's a very smart choice. Every season they pick a different uh, speech or text to bring yeah. all the titles from. Last year, I think it was Sir Francis Bacon. Yes, and I believe the first season was uh, the Origin of Species. Yes, so that all makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they don't keep it. They got to think about the hosts of these things when they have to say these titles. But um, well, let's get to it then. Let's let's jump right in. The opening of the scene was all about the Caster clones, and it was one of the more disturbing uh, openings the show has done. One of the sequences overall, where the two Caster guys who now have official names, Rudy and Seth. Uh, I prefer Scarface and Creepstash. Yeah, that's what what we were basically going with before. But yeah, Rudy, who is Scarface, and Seth, the mustachioed one, uh, uh, Rudy brings a girl back to their place, and unbeknownst to her, in the middle of while he's having sex with her, Seth makes an appearance, and this obviously freaks her out. It's super disturbing. It's a harrowing thing. Can you imagine? And just the look on Seth's face when all this is going on mm-hmm. is is the creepiest thing of uh, all of it. Yeah. But this also did set up really the relationship between these two. Because in a weird way, nothing good about what Rudy's doing here, except he does seem to care about including his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh. does seem to be looking <laughs> out for him. You seem, you seem extra freaked out. That's all I have to say about this opening sequence is just, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> In his own way, I feel like Rudy is, Rudy is being set up as the Sarah of the Caster clones. Yeah. He looks out for his brothers. Um, he's driven. He's determined. He's a rebel. Um, but I think the, the most important things that we're getting out of these early episodes when learning about the Casters is seeing how they were brought up. Like I think it, it's Mrs. S or Felix uh, brings it up in this week's episode. 
is that uh, it's like the perfect ghost soldiers, like people yep. who never existed, uh, who aren't documented anywhere, and the army just has them. These just ghosts. And unlike the sisters, they were all raised yeah, in a very specific way. They were raised yeah. together in a specific way. Which Trained. Which has built that kind of, at least I guess, the bond that these two guys have. Mm-hmm. Um and it's not just because... Well, you know what's so funny? On last week's episode, <laughs> me and Anna both said at the end of the first episode when the clones, the two male clones came up to each other, we thought for sure they were going to kiss. Yes, they yes, looked, yes. They looked like just the <laughs> right, way just they were. There was just something and like that. And if there was any show to do it, it would be this one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then seeing them in this threesome at the beginning of it, I'm like, oh my God, we weren't far off from uh, <laughs> where we were going with I'm that last I'm actually surprised that they haven't had a set of clones make out yet. Because, okay, because <laughs> incest is one taboo that this show's not on board with. Everything else, they want to be really inclusive, but that one is still maybe not. And they don't yeah. want to maybe... They uh, skirted that line, though, with the whole... Um, Tony thing? Yeah, the um, the embryo thing. Oh. Yeah, that that was weird. Uh, that one girl carrying the, the embryo oh, yeah. for yeah. Her, her dad, which is gross. Which is real creepy. Yeah, that was... Uh, and, that's still and still is. And still that's, going it's on. It's still happening. That's, more crazy. <laughs> it's not like we're past that. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess let's continue to talk about these caster clones, because then uh, we find out later, like, you know, they luckily they didn't kill the girl. I thought for sure she was a goner. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Seth took some of her hair, mm-hmm. which I guess seems to Why be... Why would they want that? Because he's crazy and yeah. it's a trophy. Yeah, and it's a thing that he can have. Now, I mean... Look, I get the impression Seth isn't meeting that many women <laughs> on his own there. So this is like kind of his like in a in a sad way it's kind of like the only human connection he can make is to maybe have have something like this. But turns out there's a knock on the door later in the episode and who shows up? Who's in charge of these guys? Paul. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Paul is there. And we finally get the one thing that was really confusing me at the end of last season into this season was how much did Paul know in season one? Because yeah. I'm like, it, it, he was pretty convincing when he was shocked that, you know, she wasn't Beth and that there were there were clones yeah. and no, that he, he had been he fooled. He seemed 100% genuine in being clueless. Yeah, 100%. So to have it spelled out for us that he really did infiltrate dyad that he's been forecaster uh, forecaster and that he's been doing this all along really helpful and clears up his motivation yeah we kind of get where his head at is at except he does still seem to have a soft spot for sarah oh yeah well yeah, i mean, I mean wouldn't you exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, see, that's, that's the thing watching this show part of me is like oh why does sarah and i'm like no yeah she would get me too yeah well, like i'd be i'd be her next mark easy it, mm-hmm. it just kind of makes me wonder how he infiltrated dyad in the first place because the whole point of him being beth's monitor was supposedly that Dyad had information to blackmail him with. Yeah, Afghanistan. So, I, I'm, yeah, I'm wondering what information Caster, you know, the Caster program dropped, or if they just fabricated some story. I'm hmm. assuming it was kind of fabricated. I mean, maybe we'll find out, but I assume it that was, it was kind all of a, part of It was cover. all a setup, all part of the cover to get him in there. Yeah. But he comes in there, and he starts testing but he's doing cognitive reasoning it's tests like on that. right out of blade runner you <laughs> yeah. know the machine that they use on the uh on the replicants it's basically that and it's very aggressive or like yeah. uh, mon- monitoring like you know that scene in the master where they're doing the first monitoring oh, yeah. session it's a lot like that it is and like it's these that. logic problems rapid fire and seth is not handling them well. no clearly i mean last week they had made fun of his intelligence or mrs s had made fun of his intelligence a little bit and I mean, I don't know whether it's that he isn't as intelligent or it's what's going on with him. He's He's got this problem. He's glitching. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wonder if a lot like the female clones are having, you know, rest, you know, illness issues if the caster clones have something similar, kind of like an expiration date where uh, you get to a certain point and you just start glitching out mm-hmm. and your body just starts shutting down. Well, the the female clones, the sickness stems from what they did to alter yeah, to their... to make them barren. To make them barren. So whatever they did to alter the genome for the men, whether it's to make them sterile or to make them maybe more compliant, I think it's probably something psychological. I think it's a mental thing that would have made them better soldiers kind right. of thing. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think it, this is the exact same parallel. I mean, you said Rudy's kind of like the Sarah of this group. And it's like Seth is almost like the half Cosima because he's sick and half Helena because he's a yeah, little nutty. Definitely yeah. feeling some Helena parallels there. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, we won't get to explore all of those as much, but we'll get, we'll get <laughs> I was to it. stunned. He shot him. I was kind of surprised, too, that that was uh, how Seth went out well, there. Well, not only that he shot his brother, but that he, he let Kira go unharmed. Mm-hmm. Like, that was really surprising. Yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of build-up to all of that. And, um, so Seth and Rudy basically now, they're told they had there's uh they have to go to their extraction they're going to be brought back into the fold of caster but they kind of go off on their own they rudy in particular he's got a mission he's on and i wonder how much of what we've seen so far from them whether it be last week what we saw on the tape how much of that has been sanctioned and how much of that is just rudy on his own trying to save seth trying to get this original genome to to save him. Yeah. I honestly, I don't think that it's sanctioned. I don't think... Paul warns... uh, Paul basically warns Sarah through Cal this week, you know, you need to get out. You need to get out as soon as possible. You need to take Kira. We're trying to give you space and time. I don't know that they're going to be attacking these clones. I don't know why they would be, but they're definitely on the offensive after being... uh, secret for so long, yeah. being in the shadows. No, you had mentioned, Megan, just before, like, maybe it's, like, serves as an expiration date for them, which I could buy also because maybe you don't want to have these soldiers around forever past their kind of... So do you think this is something then that's going to happen to all of them? Because that's what I kind of suspect. It, it feels like it. It feels a lot it, like the... Like we were talking about, like the sickness parallel. Like, eventually everybody's going to get sick at some point, or eventually everybody's going to... Ex- you know, start glitching and then mm-hmm. expire. But maybe the difference here is that the army, rather than try to help them live as comfortably as they can or trying to fix it, they just eliminate the soldiers that are glitching yeah. and hatch some new ones. And that would explain why Rudy's out there on his own trying to get answers because he wants him and his brothers to be able to live. I yeah. have a I have a question. Um, just because we we mentioned a Helena parallel, do we think any of the Castor brothers are twins like Sarah and Helena? Do you think that's a possibility? Hmm. Anything, maybe that's why Rudy and Seth were so close. Anything's possible, and it would make that parallel even stronger from a storytelling point of view. But mm-hmm. um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and then also, what's the deal with Mark? We can now safely assume, based on the end of the episode where he's eradicating his tattoo, yeah. that he was trained by the army, he was raised there, and maybe he was put as a plant among the Prolethians, but... Upon meeting Gracie and seeing her larger purpose, and maybe also yeah. falling in love with her, uh, he's now a wall. I I I feel 
like he went AWOL. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of buy, I don't think it's a cover to have gotten in with the Prolethians. I think Mark was the rogue caster clone who wanted out. So you think that he wasn't placed among the Prolethians? You think he found them because he believed them? Either it. he found them or they found him, just in the same way they were trying to find Helena and bring her into the fold. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I think it was more the Prolethians found a clone who went AWOL. Yeah. Poor Gracie. She is not in a good marriage. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think I think Mark cares about her, but he's... Go back to sleep, Gracie! <laughs> Did you notice that they, Mark... they were in a room with two beds? Yeah. I wondered that, too, if they were, still because of maybe the religion thing, if they were in separate beds, or it was just... I what know, they I could know. get. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> no, it's the only room get, available. They did get married. They, they yeah. did, yeah, so it should be fun. But you know what? To, to Mark, yeah, Mark was a little harsher in the way he was talking to Gracie at the end of that. But uh, to his defense, I will say he was about to burn his a tattoo <laughs> off his arm. He was probably a little stressed at that moment. I yeah. <laughs> wanted it to cut back to Gracie in bed, like, hearing him scream, like, the shower's not gonna cover that. <laughs> now, do you, uh, the, since you since you brought up Mark and the tattoo, do you think the tattoo serves, I, I think I, I read this in some comments today, some people saying that the tattoo also might serve as a tracking device. I don't know about a tracking device. Or a way to keep track of these caster clones. Well, I think they're all branded. Yeah. So that even, you know, even if they were to get plastic surgery or something like that, they're still marked. It's it's kind of in in a similar way, a similar fashion as the uh, the genetic serial number on the Lita clones. And that may still be a part of their DNA as well as a genetic serial number. I think it's just something that they all went through as part of this one special forces unit. Like Marines all get Marine tattoos or something like that. So him burning it off, you think, is more just a way to, like, I'm done with this, I want as far out of this life as possible, not necessarily because it's going to make it harder for him to be found by them. I mean, also, you have, in this episode, we see Art's small investigation and what happened with these guys, and and the thing that connected Sarah to these guys is the fact that they had this tattoo. So, I'm also wondering... If it is motivated by what's going on with Castor and how on earth he would know that they've come out of the shadows and that two of his brothers are out and about. Or if he has no idea and he's just doing it just so that he can start on his new life. Uh, Yeah, I I think maybe he's just... I I think maybe he's really separated from the herd and Mm. he's just doing something. And one of the things I made last week in a prediction, and who knows what's going to happen, but now that Sarah's looking for him, is I think Mark's going to come back in the fold, but I think he's going to uh, go for what he thinks is right, not necessarily side with his brothers, not necessarily side with Castor. Well, it's also a possibility that he was placed into the Prolethians and that running away with Gracie was not part of the plan and that he is now officially AWOL and is, and that's what's prompting him to do this. He's like, I know that because I'm going AWOL now, they're going to send somebody after that me. That makes sense to me. That makes sense. All of this is possible. <laughs> can, we, can we take a moment and compliment Ari Millen on his oh, job? He's been doing a great job. Yeah. And I got to admit, when, when I first, at the end of last season, when we saw, oh, it's going to be the Malcolms, and how's he going to be holding up next to Tatiana? And he's been doing amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been doing a terrific job. Yeah, I'm very curious about this whole caster thing. We met the, their version of Dr. Leakey. Uh, Dr. Cody? Dr. Cody, who I feel is like half leaky and half maybe their Mrs. S in a way, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is she the one they were referring to as mother? I think That's so. what I believe. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, well, you know, let's get the let's. Uh, we've been talking about the boys, so let's get to the girls. The Please. reason we love this show. Um, so Sarah, in this story, she's back with Cal. The, the Cal great guy bought a place for her and Kira. He bought a whole arts and crafts <laughs> station. <laughs> I mean, Cal really is the best guy. He's super. And the second that he bought a place for him, and it seems like Cal's willing to settle down, the first thing I thought is, oh, he's going to die this episode. <laughs> No, it's the first thing I thought. And also because knowing the actor, uh, Mikhail Huisman or whatever, he's getting work always on Game of Thrones. He's just in a movie this weekend, Age of Adeline. I'm like, I don't know how. He's all over the place. I'm like, oh, is I going to keep him around? I was really worried when he was with with Seth. I thought Seth was going to knife him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought for sure. But, uh, you know, Cal sets up this place and it looks like Sarah's willing to at least kind of indulge the idea of maybe I can this is a great place for my daughter to live and stuff like that but of course she still has to get Helena her sisters are still a priority Mm -hmm. I don't know why buying a house in this particular area seemed like a good idea after all the kidnappings and (laughs) spying and murders it's the same question I'm like why did they still go to Felix's apartment like Diane knows it's the least secure place (laughs) in the world everybody could break into Felix's Felix's apartment I was wondering that at the end of last season, I'm like, why are all, why are they all like, can, you know, because it's yeah. cool, Megan. <laughs> it's they a, got paint. It's a cool apartment, but it is not safe. Mm-hmm. And so when Cal bought this house, I was like, what makes you think it's safe? It, it was driving me crazy. Actually, it's very sweet and it's clearly a cool pad, but it's not safe. Well, okay, he's a war profiteer. He's yeah. probably got some advanced <laughs> security systems that, well, that Paul immediately even. You're at even Cal's place, they immediately break into. <laughs> there are basically, it. there are no doors or locks in the Orphan Black universe. <laughs> Not yeah. really. And you know, look, everybody wants Sarah to just get out of there. You know, that's <laughs> the other thing. Everybody wants her. Even Paul goes there and is basically like, we've bought her time. Like, just take them away. Just take Sarah and Kira out of here. I want to see a supercut of all the time someone says, tell get Sarah she needs to get out of here. Yeah. Or just the phrase, get out of here, get out. Kira, get, take Kira and leave. No. Yeah. And they've come close a couple times. They started a road trip and mm-hmm. then stopped. Yeah. And they always come back. And I know that Sarah has to protect her sisters and that it's important that certain people stay in the areas that they're at. But why let Kira stay there? It, it, especially after the bone marrow kidnapping fiasco. Well, that's why she's now on a fun road trip with yeah. Cal to the, Iceland. Yeah. But Good why times, they they're gonna see hot springs. the idea of letting Kira stay there? You get out of Dyad, you go. You that's book true. it. Yeah. Well, now I guess, I mean, I guess they feel, except now you have the caster threat, but I guess they feel like they're kind of a little bit, for now, past the Dyad threat. I mean, Dyad doesn't seem as scary as it did yeah, when with, Rachel was in charge. Delphine in charge now, yeah. I, I, I gotta ask you guys this, because me and Anna had a big debate last week, which then took to us fighting about <laughs> it on Twitter, where I believe Delphine is actually good still, and is looking out for the clone's best interest, although she might get sucked into Dyad down the line, we don't know. And Anna doesn't trust her to begin with, so I'd be curious to know what you guys think. I don't trust anybody in this series, to be 100% honest. Even nice guy Cal is a war profiteer. He's a war profiteer. Hey, you know, he made weapons. Quote, unquote, nice guy Paul. I don't trust that Kira. She is up to something. Yeah, it... (laughs) She's a 
smart kid. She's a smart not, kid. She's got powers. Or she's something got effing powers. <laughs> it would not surprise me if she was like the mastermind in some way. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, no. Even Paul, we find out, even though he was trying to help or seemingly trying to help Sarah throughout the entire first season, he's involved in Caster, yeah. and Mrs. S still has secrets upon secrets. So Delphine, I don't trust. I think she's trying to look after Cosima's best interests. Yes. But yeah, at the end of the day, I don't trust anybody. I I fall somewhere in the middle, and it's not necessarily because I don't trust her. I just I understand some conflicting emotions on her part. Yeah. One, we have her love for Kasima and the heartbreak over the two of them splitting up, and that's definitely affecting her state of mind. Especially when you you look at any of her sisters, you see the girl that you love right there with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's got to be very, very difficult. So, on one level, she wants to help them and preserve them, and she's on their side. But on the other hand, she's been handed power for the very first time in her life. This massive corporation uh, that's shadowy, and she's trying to take care of all this stuff. I, I'm not entirely sure what to make of it yet. I need more information to make a decision. I don't think that she's doing anything nefarious, but I think that she's trying to save both the clones and die at the same time. She's trying to serve two masters. She's trying to serve two masters, and ultimately, only one can win out. Now, we were talking about Paul again, and he had his big scene with Cal where he was saying, like, just get her out of here. When push comes to shove, will Paul, now that he's kind of back in the caster fold, he's not out there on his little mission undercover when push comes to shove do you think he will now choose caster over sarah if he has to i think he always would have i think that he's a soldier and he's doing this for his country he's a patriot he believes in what he does i have to believe that he would pick his country first it honestly depends for for at least for me on what his role in all of this is because we know that he's a soldier and that he's been you know uh infiltrating dyad and working all this other stuff it makes me wonder what form he was uh, involved in caster to begin with like did he sign up for this was this something he was ordered to do if it was something he signed up for then he'll probably stick with it it was something if it was something he was saddled with he might side with his Sarah. loyalties could go yeah. well he's a major now so <laughs> you know major paul or maybe maybe he's going to try to get promoted so that he you know take it down from the inside lead a clones to major paul <laughs> So, Sarah is basically getting this push, like, well, maybe if you could talk to, to Mrs. S, might have a way to get in touch with Paul. you got to go back to Mrs. S. And reluctantly, after meeting with Art, after finding out about the caster boys are out there. Still calling himself Beth Giles. <laughs> yeah. Give it up, girl. <laughs> yeah, she, we get a little bit of Beth Giles. And actually, I love Tatiana and thing because she, she slowly transitions to the Beth. Like when she first mm-hmm. introduced herself as Beth Giles, she's got the Sarah accent still. Yeah. And then by the next sentence, she's talking like Beth. Took Sarah a little bit to get into character. Yeah. yeah. She's like, it's been a bit. I'm a little rusty. Uh, I love those little touches. But, um, <laughs> so she goes to see Mrs. S. And Mrs. S is like, Paul's gone dark, there's there's really nothing we can do. And But she a lot more this week, she f- seems broken up about the decision she made with Helena because she realizes in the process she might be losing her daughter and granddaughter in yeah. this. It's not like her to admit a mistake. Yeah. Um, and usually when she does, she's it's just a transition into the next order or next thing that's the right thing to do. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And she out now doesn't necessarily say she made a mistake, but she's like, you could, there's a lot more regret than there was before behind so, everything well, she part says. Part of that has to do with the fact that Kira hasn't, you know, hasn't left yet by the time this conversation yeah. takes place. And she's like, I will live with the consequences of what I did. If that means losing you, Kira should not have to live with the consequences. And I think it's the thought that her, be- you know, in Sarah's eyes, betrayal would still end up ultimately not saving Kira. That's what breaks that's what breaks her heart. But it's just it it is a betrayal because Helena's being tortured. Yeah. Yeah, she no, was that waterboarded was awful. this week. Yeah, while all this is going on, Helena is she's she's being waterboarded, which only gets stopped because she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Because um uh, Dr. Cody comes in and is like, she's pregnant, no stress tests. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and that, they were just so matter-of-fact about it. Like, oh, it's just a stress test, no big deal. They <laughs> couldn't so have done the blood tests before they put her in a box with a scorpion for two days? Oh, or wait, is, oh. is the scorpion real? The scorpion, I think it's their spirit animal. <laughs> it is. So, we, we last week, the episode, our episode here started, I said right off the bat, I thought it was real. I thought it was like, almost like a Son of Sam thing, someone getting orders from an animal. <laughs> and and Anna head. was like, you are crazy. <laughs> exactly. She said spirit animal, and the second she said, I'm like, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, no, I love the scorpion spirit animal, but uh, when they first introduced it, I was getting Hook flashbacks, because one of the most scary parts of the movie Hook was when they throw that guy in that oh, in that the... box and just start dropping scorpions oh, on him. Man. I was like, oh, no! See, I thought it was a real scorpion last week that she imagined a voice yeah. for, but when I saw it wandering around <laughs> this week, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. probably not real. It's all, it's all in her head. It's all in her head, and she's... And it, Likes mangoes. They both like mangoes. Oh my Where God, do I what? get these mangoes? <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with a little mango. They're putting Helena through the same kind of cognitive reasoning tests, and she's not paying any attention. She's utterly disassociated. Yes, exactly. She's yeah. distracted by the scorpion spirit animal, who clearly has more important things to tell her. Like mangoes are awesome. Let's go get mangoes. <laughs> so she, um, so. Dr. Cody has a conversation with her that basically she's already trying to turn Helena against her 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 sister. Are they in the Middle East? I believe so. Yeah. They I flew be- her out to the Middle East in a box, <laughs> which which is going to make it, getting her back I think all the more difficult. I'm very curious how they do this. It's the first <laughs> time we've really gone international with this show. We've always been in City, yeah, and now we're in city and Middle East. But I'm kind of glad we're getting a little because they always talk about being having this international. They're always sending right. people to Frankfurt <laughs> or uh, Taiwan or wherever. And now I'm glad we have. Uh, yeah, you get the sense that um, because a lot of these people work for corporations and are very well paid, that they're all very well traveled, mm-hmm. and that you know this, you know, they pulled resources from all over the world to make these projects happen. And we haven't left this one city. <laughs> yeah. The, um, you know, someone brought up an interesting theory on the YouTube page. Uh, Claude Trembley had a theory that Dr. Cody might be the original. Might the be original person. Yes. The original leader. Yeah. That no. they, I like that here's, theory. Yeah. Here's a question, just because it's something the series has addressed, but not necessarily clarified or given a definitive answer because both genomes are supposedly lost. Mm -hmm. Is there a specific genome for the male and a specific one for the female or do they come from the same source and are just genetically modified? No, they've got to be two different ones, right? A male embryo and a female embryo. Okay. And different donors, different genome, yeah, so. And the Duncans, 
to the one basic scene we had with Kosima. We really only had two Kosima scenes. And one of her, she was meeting with Dr. Uh, Nealon, who she's going to be working with, I guess, on curing herself. But um, that's when we really found out that the Duncans took a lot to their graves, a lot of information we didn't know, like who the original owner uh, uh, donor was. And um, it seems like Rudy believes that Duncan even had the genome still. Do you think that uh, that what the new doctor was telling the truth when he said that it it was destroyed? Or do you think that they have the caster one? I think that he was telling the truth only because I think we're going to be set up on this mystery of what else Duncan was hiding hmm. and following, like, kind of his trail. That's the only reason why I think he's he's telling the truth. What do you this, think, Megan? I, this new doctor gives me the creeps. It, it makes me miss <laughs> Dr. Leakey because well, he's so yeah. I feel like it's the kind of part that if they could afford him, Sam Neill would play. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Event Horizon, man. It's, he even sounded a little like <laughs> Sam Neill. Well, look, the, our introduction to him was he was going to take one of Sarah's ovaries. Yeah. So. Hard science <laughs> requires hard choices. Yes, exactly. And he doesn't even flinch. What has this guy been through that he doesn't care? I don't know. Now, the other scene with Cosima was her and Scott. You know, Cosima's looking a lot better ever since Kira laid her magical hands <laughs> upon her. Magical. So, Reiki children. Clone magic. Mm-hmm. So, how much do you think that that's really going to... I mean, do we think that there is a... I hate to say magic element, but a magic element to not... You go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think part of it is psychosomatic. I I don't necessarily want to attribute it to magic or anything (laughs) like... Or, you know, friendship or anything (laughs) like that. Love was the answer. Yeah, it was love all along. But I do think that being with her sisters and having this connection, because prior to Sarah coming into into the scenario, they all seemed pretty kind of distant from each other and Sarah seems to be the one to have brought them together to create this sisterhood and which like I said I don't think they really felt before so I think being with her sisters and having that bond now where it wasn't there before I do think that is helping her physically I don't think it's going to magically cure her but I think it's kind of the same as if you're in a positive state of mind you know you're You're feeling better hanging out in Felix's apartment with people you love is going to be a lot better than being in a lab 24 hours a day at Dyad Dyad which you know god that place here's (laughs) where I here's where I stand on Kira's powers This show, as wackadoo crazy as it is, purports that it takes place in the real world. Yes. Like, it, this is crazy stuff happening in the real world, which yes. means that it's not magic. This is a scientific show. They will have some sort of bogus scientific reason okay. for why she has powers, but she does have powers. Yes. Um, and I think that that comes, it comes from having this modified genome. Uh, that you your mother stemmed from. She's a new breed. She's a new species. Yeah. Because no one has ever uh, slept with someone genetically modified and popped out a child. So I don't know whether it, it what causes it, but she has some sort of advanced cellular regeneration, and maybe she can only heal other clones. Maybe she can only heal people with uh, that contain part of her DNA. I don't know, but girl has powers. <laughs> yes. Hashtag science. If, if you decide <laughs> later on that they don't have powers, John Fawcett and Graham Manson, 
I mean, that's your prerogative. But I'm going to be upset that she <laughs> yeah. doesn't have powers because she I, yeah, has it's powers. been clearly established on some level. And she you has know, powers. And I mean, look at the end of the episode, she goes away with mm-hmm. Cal. So I also wonder how much that's going to be a back burner now. Right, because yeah. she could be a weapon. He yeah. could profiteer off of her. Oh, no, I don't think no. he would do that. No, because he's a good dad. He's a good dad. He's a good dad. Good dads don't profit off their kids. Remember that. Yeah. Can I say that one of my favorite moments in this series so far is just the dream that Helena had, where Cosima said, "I'm feeling way better thanks to science." Oh, last yeah. episode. Yeah, that was great. It was great seeing how Helena views all of her ancestors. Yeah. I love that, and I also love it's it so perfectly illustrates all the differences. in in the performances uh, that Tatiana has to give. The physicality is different. Yes. The intonation, the way that they speak, the way that each character is written very differently from each other. Um, and it's great to just get a rapid-fire example of that all-in-one yeah. shot, kind of. Well, let's move on to then what I think is the big scene okay. in this this episode. Uh, Rudy gets into Felix's apartment, mm-hmm. and when Sarah and Kira come home, and Kira's going to go in a little tent, and Sarah's running a bath, and Kira goes in there, and Rudy's there with yeah. the... He with the painted X's. the X's on his face, which was like the picture that... So weird. So creepy. Why Sarah, yeah. did he do that? Because he's a big creep. Yeah. He's a pretty big creep. Yeah. And he immediately, of course, grabs Kira, and he's demanding to know where the, the genome, where the information that Duncan has is, and... And, you know, Sarah legitimately doesn't know, and it's another time we have Kira in crisis. And I gotta admit, I was, I was a little, I was glad that he didn't end up kidnapping her, because Kira yeah. had been kidnapped so, yeah. so many times. <laughs> well, I'm but done we with just it. got over that. But because that he was about, I'm like, because there was part of me that, like, it was both, oh no, they're not gonna go down this road again. And then there wasn't, it was such relief, not just creatively, but I was a little panicked for Kira yet yeah. again. And while he's questioning Sarah, uh, Cal is trying to come to the rescue, basically to let her know that the caster clones are are, are looking for. <laughs> a little At, too late. <laughs> yeah, a little too late because Seth's already there, blocking his path. And like you said before, you thought Seth was going to stab him, but instead he starts to glitch out like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know, maybe it was the I don't know what causes you to glitch more. Maybe the added stress. Yeah, it might not even be genetic. It might just be if they've been doing these stress tests on these boys since they were babies. That's like a crazy level of programming and post-traumatic stress that you've got to be dealing with. Yeah, It could be 100% psychological. mm -hmm. And maybe that's the reason they keep doing. They have to try to maintain them at some certain level or they start to glitch out, Mm -hmm. which could be. Yeah, I'd be curious to know what other tests they give the caster clones if they're forced to be waterboarded and things like that. I'm sure that that they are. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, like, if he had done any worse on the the true-false test that Paul would have just shot him? Because it seems like if they can't pass that test that they're not going to be, they're not able to use them I think that 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 fate was waiting for him when he got back to base. I think that they were going to take him. They were never going to let him back into the fold. No, never. I think that was pretty clear on Paul's face. He's defective. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was probably right. And probably another thing Rudy knew, which was why it's like, we're not going back. Mm-hmm. We're going, we're, you know, we're going to figure this out before we go. Right. We're one get last you cha- better. One yeah. last chance to get him better. And when he realized that it wasn't going to be, that he had no you access know, to the had, genome. It's too bad that he didn't take Kira with him because she could have healed him with her powers. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. They had the, the, they had what could save him upstairs. <laughs> 
And then, well, Seth's there glitching out, yeah. and obviously this is a, a fatal thing, mm-hmm. and, and Rudy knows it. And when he got down there, he just shot him. He right. put him out of his misery. And here's the interesting thing. Going back to Dr. Cody and the fact that uh, Helena is pregnant, they stopped doing it because she was pregnant. They know that this baby's going to be precious. I have to wonder if they aren't also looking for an opportunity to have a clone that can have babies to mate with the casters so that they can continue to grow their clone army. It depends on whether or not the casters are, are sterile or not. We don't know. Yeah, I thought we you were going to say whether or not they're attracted to her or not. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, they're soldiers! <laughs> no. yeah. um, They'll do what they got to do. If yeah. they've got to sleep with Sarah Manning, they're going to sleep with Sarah Manning. <laughs> well, okay, they don't have the to cons. No one has to be lured into that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so he goes down, and it's actually, you know, when you do think about it, I mean, look, the beginning of this episode starts off with the creepiest thing you could ever have, but when you do really break it down, what these guys have been through in their life, and the life they've known, it is really kind of sad. It's sad when he's basically saying goodbye to his brother, who he just killed, to put him out of his misery. And, you know, and it was, and I was surprised, like you said, and this is a, to, to Ari's credit, uh, two episodes in, these characters, I'm already getting complex emotions from them. So yeah. it, that was a great little moment. You're the bad guy. I'm not supposed to feel bad for you. <laughs> and I was shocked that they didn't kill Cal because yeah! I thought for sure. Totally. I'm, I'm glad he's alive, but I'm like, this is it for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was what I think I was, what they had the most tension about in that scene. Especially when, because I'm like, well, now that he's killed his own brother, it'll be nothing just to kill this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was, it was a huge shock that Sarah and all the rest got out unscathed. That hmm. was phenomenal. I have to wonder, because, like, Cal's been threatened, but he's never been actually hurt by any of the antagonists on this show, and Paul is, very much knows who he is. Hmm. He's obviously a known quant- quantity among the military, and I have to wonder if maybe he's protected just in case they need weapons. The only he's it's better to keep him alive, and if we need him, kidnap him yeah. and force him to make weapons than to ever kill him. That well, could be it. I mean, knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look, we know the guy's been leading double, triple lives. If you remember that shot last season, where he's got it seems like licenses from every state yeah. in his car and stuff like that. So, who knows what else we're going to find out about? But I don't think we're going to find out a ton because <laughs> at the end of the episode. Sarah makes a tough decision. We are going to send Kira away to Iceland, which is where he wanted to run last season with Sarah. And I guess the idea is to either bring them back when all this Helena business is solved, or who knows, if Sarah's smart, she'll go to live in Iceland. <laughs> Although I think she'd get bored in Iceland real fast. I feel like it's not the, the fast-paced life that Sarah needs. Yeah. Um, I just got a, a tweet from uh, from Jake Masters on Twitter, and he says, I like this, yeah. "Delphine tortured the face of the woman she loves." Did someone say power trip? <laughs> and it's it goes back to that breakup rage, man. It's just like not only <laughs> is this your fault, Rachel, but I'm PO yeah. and I want to do this. Why did you leave me? Yeah. How <laughs> could you leave me? Yeah. She left Casima. She left Casima. Yeah. Oh man, I loved that scene last. That time. was oh, great. Yeah, so that was great. It was heartbreaking. <laughs> um. So let's talk about. So that's pretty much the, the meat of the episode. But we got to talk about another clone, yes, our yay! other favorite clone, 
Allison. My Allison Hendricks. My absolute favorite. She's the best character on the show. She's ridiculous. So I can't. I'm smelling. I'm she calm. is. I mean, I, I I think I say it almost every one of these recaps. Mm-hmm. I could watch a whole show. Like last season, I would have watched a whole show about Allison in local theater. And now I would watch uh, her the whole show of her running for uh, school uh, uh, like school your, school uh, trustee trustee school school it's trustee. Like yeah. With Allison's storylines, it's kind of like being in the middle of watching Orphan Black. Someone sits on the remote and it switches over to Desperate Housewives. It's a lovely minutes. distraction. <laughs> I, if this show gets a Better Call Saul style spinoff, oh, I want it to so be great. these two. Oh, it's the Hendrixes. Yeah, it's the Hendrixes. Because uh, what I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> what I love most. I mean, Donnie, Donnie is hysterical. But what I love most is as. Allison continues to be emboldened by surviving and getting past all this criminal activity and negative activity and that she's capable of all of it. Um, the more that she's emboldened, the more Donnie's turned on. Yeah. And that's like, that's to me is the best part. And you know what? It is, a, you know, you reference Better Call Saul, but yeah, no. She's turning into the Walter White of this now. <laughs> she she is. is. She needs money. She needs to help her family. But now she likes it. She's got to yeah. taste the I'm taking Donnie Ramon's likes business. likes danger. Stay out of my territory. <laughs> so she's yeah, she's at the kids' soccer game as she usually is, and uh, all of a sudden, Ramon, who we saw only in one episode last season, she bought the gun from him. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to take over his business. She's going to pay him uh, what thirty-two grand or whatever. Yeah, take over the so business. She's got dirt on her constituents. That was the other thing that I didn't see in all this. That most of the people she's going to be selling these drugs to. Other people who are going to be forced to vote for them. Right. So she's basically going to blackmail everyone in town and just be like, you're going to buy my drugs, you're going to vote for me, or I will shame you. Now, I love that all of this is so her kids don't have to go to the school district in the next uh, town or whatever. It's the ghetto, Will. It's not an appropriate place. They've got gravel on their playground. It's like the 70s. They cut themselves, Will. There's no rubber. There's no... No mulch. But you're right. It's more. It's become such the power trip for her, mm-hmm. and I, I love it. Now, let me say this, and this is the one thing I'm worried about. Okay. Her story, I was concerned about this going into the season, and she was pretty well integrated into the main story last week in an amazing way. Is, are we going to get too far? I mean, it's going to feel like too much of a different show. Well- Every every season, she's felt fairly disconnected from the rest of what's going on. It, it gets it usually comes back together and gets integrated in really cool ways, but it always feels like it's in a different world than everything that Sarah mm-hmm. is having to deal with, unless they're actually talking to one another or skyping with each other. Right. It, it, it does feel like it's its own separate thing. She is living her own life. Yes. Uh, that being said. Having somebody with at least some political power might be useful. Well, you know, Dyad will will buckle to the threats of the school trustee. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Well, here's she's going to have a bunch of suburbanites on her oh side. Oh my with suburbanites. Yeah. She plays a very important role in this show, and it's not only that; it's important in a show that's generally dark and intense to have. Uh, uh, scenes that are fun yeah. and that are lighter, but she is very much 
she is very much tied to the same main story of the show in that she is the liability clone. We okay. when we leave her unsupervised, she does things that make her a liability, <laughs> and those things get bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Okay. She's the weak link. Uh, so because of that. I mean, not only it, it may feel like a different show now, but when it starts to affect the main plot, when she gets arrested, or when she starts sure. making waves in a big way, or you know, showing up on TV to make speeches. I, I don't know what <laughs> TV <laughs> channel is airing the school trustee. The local, the I'm local not actually yeah. sure what the school trustee does. I don't know what their political position or power is. They make some decisions in Canada. Know. It's prime minister and Did then they, school yeah. trustee, yeah. Yeah. then so secretary yeah. of, of state, and then way down at the bottom is secretary of war. Yeah, there's, there's no <laughs> minister of defense. Do they have to deal with dyad lobbyists? Oh man, <laughs> I don't know. It's, listen, the Dyad Institute would like to. Provide every uh, <laughs> child at this school with an iPad or our version of it. Yeah. The clone test tech, tubes you know? and yeah. But you know, I wonder if, like, you know, if, like she's going to push a big science agenda in the schools. Now, kids don't learn enough about science. I would prefer like that. that. That'd That'd be be great. Great. That'd be great. That's a great platform. Science and mathematics are our big downfalls can, as a nation, although can, they're in Canada. I say one thing. I, I love the Allison storylines. She cracks me up, oh, yeah. and she is, she is one of my favorites. But I kind of wish her kids actually served a little bit more of a purpose because Kira is such a focus in this series. And so, you know, she's adorable and we love yeah. Kira. Every time Allison's kids walk into the room, they're all like the next beat is just get out. Get out. We're shooing them away. <laughs> Shoo. Like that is literally the only purpose that they serve is to walk into a room and get shooed away. Megan. I would like to see them serve a purpose. Megan, <laughs> in most media, it's the adopted children who have powers. This is the first time <laughs> the natural born children get the powers and the adopted kids get out of the room. Huh? That's, uh, that is not a position that I take. That is purely just jokes. Um, I also wonder if uh, with Allison, if at some point in the show, and this would integrate her more, yeah. this season, if she has to make a choice about helping her sisters or doing something for her family or something like that, if she's gets this hard choice of, do I abandon Donnie now and do my own clandestine thing to help help uh, the sisters? Why would she abandon Donnie now? Well, not abandon Donnie, like, leave him, but, like, you know how he would, like, go off with his secret meetings with Leaky if she starts kind of doing things behind his back for the benefit of the sisters. I love their team dynamic, though. I love that they're finally, you know, after all these secrets and everything, I love that they're on the same page and that they're laughably adorable yeah. as they're doing these power plays I got, together. Look, I got no problem with the Hendrixes. I would watch the sitcom The Hendrixes. <laughs> these are just worries I have. But Team right Hendrix. now, I'm all in. Right now, yeah. I lo- like I love the Allison stuff in this episode, yeah. and she's still since season one my favorite. It's clone. still it's it's honestly it's my favorite stuff in the episode. So I have no issue adding some fun to these proceedings. Look, there's no show like this show. That's I, true. You can't describe it to anyone. I've never seen a sci-fi. show show that is just a seri- uber serialized thriller. Yeah. Um, which is what this is. And uh, it needs a lot of different tones to have that beautiful yeah. blend that we love. So we, we have a question on Twitter, actually, from Alicia Perez. Uh, what was your favorite line on Saturday's episode? Do you guys... I know it's really hard to, to like, verbatim remember line for line, but do you guys have a favorite quote? Oh... I 
don't remember. Yeah, I'm ba- I've always been bad with. I'm the guy who butchers lines I, all the time. But I almost oh, like fist it, fist it, fist it. Fist it. Yeah. Fist fist it. it. It's probably number and one. he was uh, talking. Oh, what was he talking? He was almost every line that he had with Ramon the second he walked in were all so great, bro. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, actually, I was quite fond of hard science requires hard choices. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a good one. Um, I also really liked when Phoenix uh, Felix mm-hmm. met Jerry's like. He must be Jerry, or like something or like or that. Scott, yeah, and the way he looks yeah, at him, he must too. be Scott. Um, I, yeah, it is Scott. I don't or know where that, I got the Jerry. melons. Yeah. Where can I get uh, these the, melons? The mangoes. Yeah, mangoes. it was. This is it. Yeah. We all, we all. Um, yeah. When, when, yeah, when Helena said that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's usually probably always going to be if Helena has a line. We're going to lie. Or uh, if Helena, Helena has a moment. Really great. Hey, uh, two episodes in a row, we got to see her eat food. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. That's or great. Go to bed, Gracie. Yeah, Gracie, go to bed. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was the most. Like Mark has always been such like kind just of a quiet very relent- and polite and just sort of like <laughs> you know, bed. Gracie. Someday I can get you the life that you need. <laughs> go to bed, Gracie. <laughs> it's completely different. Well, Mark is really out of his comfort zone, now, but I'm excited that it looks like we're next. And I can't believe this. When last season ended, I wouldn't have thought I'd be excited for this. Mm-hmm. But now I'm so excited to see the the journey of. Mark and Gracie, where they're going. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if anybody has any news or anything like that. No, nope. not off the There's, top of There was head. one thing I wanted to bring up that I noticed, uh, and it's about... Uh, is, there, I don't know, is, there a uh, is there a news cue? Yeah! TV News. And this is just with the ratings, because I think it's so interesting that the season premiere last uh, week had both the worst and best ratings for them. <laughs> what? Yes. It was down 13% on BBC America from the season premiere of the year before. They only had uh, 535,000. But because they broadcasted it on five different networks, mm-hmm. it actually ended up having the most viewers any of their season premieres have actually had, with 1.27 million, which is an all-time high for them. That's great. So that's fantastic. It's just, but it was such this weird thing how they <laughs> added on five different networks. And I'll admit, I didn't watch it on BBC America last week because I don't get the East Coast feed of that, but I do of IFC, so I watched it on IFC. So hopefully <laughs> the ratings this week keep up with all those people who watched it on different networks come together to watch it on BBC America. That would be great. Yeah, so I just thought that was interesting. Alright. So now, predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Megan, since you are you were, it's your first time on this panel. Why don't you go first? Why don't we, the honor is yours. Come on, noobs. Absolutely no pressure whatsoever. Um, it's hard to say. Was there a promo? I, if there was, there was. a promo, there was I always it. a promo. Yeah. Could you go over what happened in the promo and then I can make my next time on Orphan Black? Gracie looks on camera. <laughs> yeah. Gracie was making a, a very both confused, half terrified face. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I remember that. That's all I remember. Yeah, that was well. That's how the promo ended. It's like, what is she looking at? Yeah. <laughs> so your prediction could be next week. Gracie looks at something. <laughs> And is distraught. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. I I think that there are going to be more attempts to get Helena to kind of come over to the caster side. I don't think Helena's going to be having any of it. I think she'll play along with yeah. her little spirit guide, but she's not having any of it. She's just going to kind of play the game in the best way that she knows how. 
Until she can find a way to escape. But do you think they can break her down enough? Do you think they could be like, that she'd have to be deprogrammed? That like maybe there's a point no, in the season where Sarah set, finds her and she goes after Sarah. She set fire to the Prolethean's farm. That's she true. left that place in ashes. <laughs> Anybody who tries to take advantage of her now is probably going to be lit on fire. I mean, we're waiting for her to just gouge all these people's eyes <laughs> yeah. out, right? I mean, that's what we're pretty much waiting for at this point. I want point. her and Jesse to get back together. I know. Mm-hmm. Find love. I know. Yeah. All that, but um, in terms of that, I I really am looking forward to seeing Allison in the <laughs> electoral race, um, and doing politics. Um, I think eventually Kira and Cal are going to have to come back for one reason or another, and maybe that's because Cosima starts to dip in health again. And oh, that's maybe true. Maybe they need Kira to come back to help magic. But they her don't well. know that she, that she magicked her. <laughs> no, but also that one of the things was in six weeks again they were going to try to get her bone marrow. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, I guess that's something you could but if she, send in the mail <laughs> from Iceland. We could send it. Yeah, you can, but it's class mail. Let's send the bone marrow. Yeah, because Rachel had her fit and destroyed it all. Yeah, how long until Rachel makes a recovery and tries to take her position back? Yeah, that's a good question. Few episodes. That most, yeah, she's pretty messed up. Yeah, Um, for me, I'm excited about the Sarah Mark meetup next episode, Uh, and I want to see. I want to watch Donnie sell drugs. I want to watch Donnie sell drugs. (laughs) Yeah, that's gonna be great. He really going back to the Breaking Bad thing. He's gonna be like uh, uh, what's him call like the Badger. Of mm-hmm. this, you know, he's gonna be out there, uh, Skinny Pete. Yeah, he'll yeah. be Skinny Pete of this uh, scenario. Oh my God, he's gonna get arrested. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're right. He, he's the one who's gonna get arrested. Totally. I think. Yeah, not her. And she's then she's to- right. She's going to have to do a debate and have. Uh, she has to do a debate, so she has Sarah bail him out on the same night as the debate, or worse, she has to go bail him out, or she's in jail, and she's like, "You have to go do this debate for and, me." That's or, totally gonna happen. That's I'm calling yeah. it right now. Somebody, yeah, either in the debate or to. Bail out Donnie. Sarah's going to have to impersonate Allison. You're were, absolutely right. If this show were a sitcom, like the switching places thing that they do, that would be every it is episode. A sitcom. Yeah. This show is a I sitcom. Mean, that's, I mean, what I love, that's every fan's favorite thing about it, and what I loved in the the, the first episode of the season was you had like a, a double dose of it. <laughs> and but what's so always so great about the show, it was so much fun. It's like, how are they going to pull this off? And then it got disturbing real fast. Yeah. And the show always it walks both those lines in a really cool way. I also think uh, I'm just waiting on the first Caster versus Lita fight scene when uh, one of the guards gets fresh with Helena and Helena just goes all feral on him and they fight. And maybe it's that guy who was testing her because he did not seem too pleased with her and she was not too pleased with him. Mm No. So, so yeah, I mean, I already said my kind of thing about where I think Mark's going and stuff like that. I feel like so many predictions are laid out during <laughs> this. Um, so, yeah, so everybody, where Megan, where can uh, the people find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at The Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, including Transformers coming up uh, right after this. And I've also started writing articles for The Movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. So be sure to check those out. Very cool. Matt? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A. And you can go to LibraFriends.com if you're a friend of mine and the stuff that I do. Uh, That takes you right to my YouTube channel, SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd, and Mad Men here on AfterBuzz. Nice. And you can follow me on Twitter at TheRealWillLink. And also, listen to my pop culture podcast, Will Sean Podcast. It's on iTunes. There's a link on my Twitter feed. Listen to it. You'll like it. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. 
from executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.